902 Brewing Company is the official beer of the Wager Pager podcast. Our friends over at 902 are putting out some of the best local craft beer in the Garden State. Log on to 902brewing.com to check out some of our favorite beers, like Juicy City IPA and Path Pale Ale. Or come grab a growler at the 902 Brewing Company taproom opening soon on Pacific Avenue in Jersey City, New Jersey. This week on the Wager Pager podcast, Chris and Brock welcome professional sports better Spanky to talk shop from a sharp perspective. And the guys are joined by Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast to talk about podcasting, DFS, and betting. It's NFL opening weekend and college football week two. Get pumped, get psyched. It's the Wager Pager podcast. And welcome back to the Wager Pager podcast, where we talk about sports gambling, make picks, and conduct must-hear interviews with some of the sharpest minds in the industry. I'm your host, Chris Rogers. You can follow me on Twitter at Wager Pager Chris, and follow the pod on IG and Twitter at the Wager Pager. This is season two, episode three, recorded live at Van Voorst Film Studio in the Mile Square City, Hoboken, New Jersey. That's right. We're coming to you from our home state of New Jersey that won the battle against the Supreme Court and made the regulation of sports betting all possible. We got a great show in store for you guys today. We got professional sports better Spanky dropping by the studio for an exclusive live interview. And one of my favorite guys, Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast, is calling into the show. We got college football week two, NFL week one. The wait is over. We actually got NFL football games we can gamble on this week. And I am joined... As always, by my guy, one of the most prominent voices on New Jersey gambling Twitter, and someone who knows his way around a sports book, here he is, Brock Landers. What a tremendous introduction, Chris. Good to be here for another week with you. Uh, NFL coming up. You guys can also follow me on Twitter. I am at BrockLanders41, the number four, the number one, at BrockLanders41. Uh, Chris, what, what an amazing weekend. How was your Labor Day? Uh, you have uh, any college action uh, that helped you out this week? little college action. Uh, I think it went 2-2 two and two on the picks, but uh, I was there at FanDuel on Friday night watching that Nevada game that came through. Even a little sprinkle-sprinkle on the money line there. Nice. But uh, there were some big upsets in college football this weekend, man. Tennessee losing to Georgia State. Missouri losing to Wyoming. I never saw that coming. Nevada beats Purdue, like I just mentioned, at the gun with a 56-yard kick from their uh, walk-on kicker, who I believe got the game ball and a scholarship after the game. Wow. That's impressive stuff. Only in college football. You got to love it. So much action. So much. You, so you were at FanDuel on Friday, right? Friday night. Yeah. I, Friday night wasn't there, but I was in AC on Sunday. I got to check out the uh, Borgata sports book there. Uh, we were watching the uh, the Houston game kind of late. I think that was the only game on Sunday night, right? Uh, we were watching that yes. Mets Phillies. Um, yeah, was happy to be on the underdog. There was some guy at uh, the bar wanted to kill me every time I clapped for uh, something <laughs> good that happened for Houston, and I didn't see him afterwards. So I guess that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, great Labor Day weekend. Uh, happy to be uh, refreshed and recharged. Uh, I know you're not a big baseball guy, but uh, Justin Verlander throws a no-hitter. Uh, that came out of nowhere. I was shocked to uh, to find that out once I got there. Um, and 
pretty bizarre too. They scored, you know, the only two runs of the game in the top of the ninth, and then he closed it out in the bottom of the ninth in Toronto. Um, he's a, he's unbelievable. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, big favorite, obviously, in Toronto. I think they were like minus two seventy or something like that. But either way, being on that ticket, that's either a really good beat for you or a really bad beat if you had Toronto. What's that? His third no no. I believe so. Yeah, third one, and I think he he's no hit uh, Toronto twice in his career now. Wow. Yeah, so pretty impressive uh, for Mister uh, Verlander Upton there. Justin Verlander just winning on all fronts in life. Yeah, I saw that picture of him laying a fat smooch on uh, Miss Kate Upton after the game. Yeah, Justin's got it uh, all figured out and on his way for maybe another World Series. Must be nice. Okay, uh, NFL Week 1, any thoughts? Uh, we've been waiting, what, four or five months now, and it is here. We're going to be betting games. We're going to be watching games. How are you feeling? It's amazing, Chris. It seems like every year it just it comes around quicker and quicker, and we all, you know, everybody goes into that deep depression of hibernation right after the uh, the Super Bowl, and it's what are we going to do, and it's oh, NBA, and, uh, and baseball's coming, baseball's so boring. Uh, you know, but everybody, everybody – lives for this if you don't if you're not gambling on the nfl uh you know i i don't i don't think you're you're really a gambler even if you can't win at it you know you're going to be watching sunday somewhere and especially if you're in new jersey you're at a bar you're going to log into one of the apps upload a hundred bucks put it on whatever game's in front of you and uh you know go from there all right, like you said, NFL Week 1, it's going to be kicking off tomorrow night. We're not going to be airing until Friday, but I just want to get on record and say Packers, Packers, Packers. I know people are going to hear this after the fact, but I love Packers plus three. I love Packers on the money line. I call this a murder play. Call up your bookie. Tell them if this fucking team doesn't win, shoot me in the head. Wow. Packers. That's, that's pretty bold. That's like uh, some <laughs> Stu Finer stuff there. <laughs> All right, guys. Get pumped. Get psyched. All right, guys, and now for our interview with Sean Green. All right, guys, I'm super excited about our next guest. This guy is uh, the host of the Sports Gambling Podcast. You can follow them on Twitter, at Gambling Podcast, and download wherever you get your podcasts, of course. He's a stand-up comedian, and if you've ever heard the podcast, then you know, because these guys are fucking hilarious. He also does some hosting over at Sirius XM Mad Dog Radio, it's kind of surreal to have him here, honestly, because uh, he inspired me and his show and his boys. Uh, shout out to Ryan Kramer and Kobe Dant to start the Wager Pager, uh, you know, back in the day, a year and a half ago now. Uh, so here he is. It's uh, Sean stacking that money green. You guys can follow him on Twitter at Sean T. Green. Sean, what's up, dude? Welcome to the Wager Pager. What's up, Wager Pager heads? Yeah, man. Uh, awesome. Thanks for having me on. So, Sean, uh, I'm just starting to get a little bit more familiarized with you, and I see that you've kind of lived in a, in a bunch of places, it seems like, growing up, and now you're, you know, you're, you're an Eagle fan. How did that kind of start, being, being an Eagle fan? It looks like you, you lived a few different places along the way. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm originally from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Uh, moved around a little bit as a kid, but mostly out of Pennsylvania. My dad was in the military. And, uh, yeah, lived there, Pennsylvania, until I was about 20, and then, Moved out to L.A. to do comedy and uh, TV writing and stuff. And, uh, yeah, so just been a diehard Eagles fan the entire way, though. Right on, Sean. How long have you been doing stand-up comedy? Did your career bring you out to L.A.? 
Yeah, I mean, to call it a career at that point would be uh, really ambitious. <laughs> I, I, I basically did a, a couple open mics in Pennsylvania, and uh, yeah, I was always really interested in stand-up and loved doing it. And then uh, I got an internship at Entertainment Tonight, so that was kind of like, uh, you know, hey, I'll go out do this internship in L.A., if I hate it, I'll come back to Pennsylvania. If not, I'll just stay out there and keep grinding. And, uh, yeah, I've been out there ever since. So, Sean, pretty much what we ask all of our guests, uh, how did you basically start gambling? What was your first sports bet? Yeah, first bet. Uh, I think I was five or six years old. It was the uh, Bills-Giants Super Bowl. I uh, bet my dad 50 cents <laughs> that the Buffalo Bills would beat the New York Giants. So that was my introduction to uh, the gambling world going wide right. And, uh, yeah, I didn't actually think my dad would collect on me, but, uh, you know, the, the next day he shook me down for the 50 cents and uh, <laughs> learned a valuable lesson. Don't bet on the bills. Yeah, man, Scott Norwood, uh, wide right. I remember that game wide myself. Right. I remember that game myself dancing on my coffee table. I think I was like eight years old. That's like probably the first real game <laughs> I remember. Me and my dad were going nuts. Um, all right, so let me ask you, are you looking forward to legalization of sports gambling in California in the upcoming years? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, you know, being a quote-unquote content provider, the legalization business has just been great because there's, uh, you know, if there's more states are legalized, more people are going to be gambling, figuring out what to gamble on, more companies looking to advertise uh, for gambling. And, uh, yeah, so it's just... I mean, it's been a, it's just been great for business. It's very similar to marijuana and that you know, people have been doing it for years, but now that, you know, it's getting legalized, there's just a, it's a great market to be in. We'll pretend that nobody uh, important is really listening for this next question, but how do you get down now? Do you go out to Vegas? You got a guy in town? I mean, what's kind of your, uh, your method to get your bets in? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, when you're betting a lot, um, it's always helpful to have multiple options, right? So uh, whether it's like, uh, you know, I've worked with local guys in L.A. I mean, we're driving out to Vegas uh, right now, so I'll definitely be placing some bets down there. And then, yeah, uh, mybookie.ag, you know, presenting spots for the podcast. I always love those guys. But, yeah, I, I think everyone has some sort of mix. Um, and it's just good to have options, honestly. What's your favorite, uh, you know, sports book out there in Las Vegas? I mean, it's it's more so about the um, the viewing experience. If you ever get out, because people always ask us, like, uh, oh, where do you go to watch games? What's the best move? Definitely for me, and it's it's really awesome is going to uh, the Westgate Sportsbook. They have this thing called Football uh, Football Central, and it's it's like a movie theater, but they have like three giant movie theater style screens. The concession and it's just like beer and uh, wings and stuff you want to eat during a game. And then like great movie style seats. And it's just awesome because if you've never kind of been in the sports book live. It's, it's just such a hilarious experience because, uh, you know, the, the crowd is just so clearly cheering for either the over the under or the different sides of the spread. So it's, it's really a fun time. Very cool. All right, Sean, switching gears a little bit here. Um, you know, we're, start, we're trying to launch a podcast from the ground up, and you obviously have a really successful podcast that a lot of people seem to uh, enjoy and love. 
when did you realize that you wanted to do a podcast? How did it all happen? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, my roommate uh, at the time, Ryan Real Money Kramer. Kramer dog. We're always, uh, we're always talking about, uh, you know, betting on the NFL and got into betting in the NFL a bunch. Living out in Los Angeles, you'd wake up at like 9.30 a.m. We'd have some janky setup where we had like six TVs stacked upon each other so we could watch every game and just kind of got really sucked into it. And, uh, you know, Bill Simmons had his Guest Alliance podcast with Cousin Sal, which was basically two guys bullshitting about the betting spreads. And we figured we could kind of do something like that and it'd be fun. And, uh, yeah, we started that in like 2011 and just kind of kept at it. Wow, so you're on your eighth season now, huh? Yeah, yeah, man. How many episodes do you guys have? Every NFL game against the spread. Uh, Jesus, I think uh, NFL Weeks 1 Picks episode, which is uh, dropping, um, you know, today, Wednesday, or Thursday, depending on when you guys put yours out. Uh, Yeah, that thing, episode 723. So certainly got a bunch of reps in over the years. Wow. So how did you guys produce the show in the beginning, in the early days, like pre-studio? Oh, man. Yeah, we had some really, uh, really shitty mics and, um, you know, like really poor mic quality. I mean, you get like, I can barely listen to uh, like some of those early episodes because the, the sound quality. If you're starting a podcast, especially now, there's no excuse to have shitty audio quality. Like, to get a decent mic and a mixer and, you know, even to do a little uh, mixing on the software end, it, it makes a huge difference. And you can be an amazing podcast, but if your audio quality sucks, you're just not, you know, people just won't stick with it. Absolutely. That, that's very important when starting. Everybody wants to hear, you know, crisp sound and, and good things that, that make them come back to listen to it, uh, obviously, other than just the content. Um, going back to, to the sports betting side of it, uh, it's going to kind of be hard to top a bad beat like the, uh, the one you explained already with the Super Bowl. <laughs> but any uh, recent bad beats come to mind in the last, like, you know, five years or any really good beats where, where things went in your favor that just kind of stick out to you? Well, honestly, my... Uh a recent bad beat, I had Oregon against Auburn. That was just an insane collapse. Um, I don't know how they blew that game. But in my biggest win all time, I got uh, two years ago. I was out in uh, NFL week one. And, uh, you know, every week we do the DraftKings Millionaire Maker. And uh, that particular week, thanks to Carson Wentz, Eagles defense, and uh, – <laughs> You know, Tariq Cohen really coming through. I got second place in the Millionaire Maker and won two hundred thousand dollars. So wow, that's gonna be shit. a tough, uh, a tough beat to beat. And I guess on the opposite side, it was kind of a bad beat because I was winning a million dollars until Scott Tolzien of the Colts <laughs> threw his second pick six and, and knocked me down from first place to second. Wow! So it was all about Scott Tolzien. Wow. Yeah, I was sitting on a million dollars. You know. It was crazy because all my players were in the early games, the 10 a.m. Uh, West Coast kick games. They all went, so I assumed I would get knocked off uh, in the afternoon games. But, no, I was just hanging up there the whole time, and then uh, the guy behind me had Rams defense. So when Scott Tolzien threw the first pick six, I was still okay, but the second one is what did it and what knocked me down from first to second. 
Wow, that that's amazing, Scott Tolzien, and uh, I, I think we have a good idea now. Maybe we could try to track him down, get him in studio, try to get you here, and <laughs> yeah. see if you guys have anything to say. Yeah, Scott Tolzien owes me eight hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Let's get him in here. We're gonna book him next week. Um, so <laughs> so uh, tell me, what's up with this new blogger you guys got going over there at uh, SportsGamblingPodcast.com, Daniel Scones? Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, now that uh, Captain Andrew Luck has retired uh, due to illness and uh, sensitivity, the world <laughs> needed another great uh, football parody character, and uh, who better than Daniel Scones Jones? It's, uh, yeah, one of our uh, one of our bloggers uh, came up with that, and uh, yeah, you can make sure you give him a follow at Daniel Scones, and uh, yeah, it's just this happy-go-lucky uh, Daniel Jones type character who also really loves brunch. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny, man. This guy's out here. He wants to do brunch. Uh, looks like he's trying to get in, in contact with the real Daniel Jones. It's uh, some pretty funny stuff, guys. Check it out, at Daniel Scones. Um, so why don't we go back to the little bit of the podcast story and the origin. How do you know Ryan? You said he's your roommate, but how did, how did you get linked up with Colby? You, got, you guys seem to have a really good chemistry going. Yeah, so I know I've known Ryan for years. Uh, one of my stand-up buddies, uh, when I first started doing comedy out in L.A., his brother was, like, college roommates with Ryan, and then we all ended up uh, renting a house out in Burbank uh, for years being roommates. And then uh, Colby's just a guy I know from doing uh, stand-up in L.A. And, uh, you know, not to just throw the entire L.A. stand-up comedy community in the, under the bus, but most of them know nothing about sports at all, so... <laughs> the fact that you can find another comedian to talk sports with while you're kind of waiting around to go up and, and, and do your spot or whatever uh, was great. And so we just became friends off that. Sean, have you ever met Norm McDonald? He's a big sports gambler. Yeah. Yeah, I met Norm uh, a couple times uh, at shows, and I actually ran into him once at the Commerce Casino uh, <laughs> of all places, which is this random card house in L.A. Yeah, Tons I mean, of characters out there. all time hilarious dude and uh yeah i know a bunch of guys who wrote on his uh norm sports show oh that was so great yeah it's a great show yeah i I wish they didn't cancel it uh norm is hilarious he's one of my favorite yeah he's awesome so who are some of your favorite guests that you guys have had on the sports gambling podcast oh man uh lenny dykstra was pretty awesome as a guest (laughs) i heard that shit it was funny as hell (laughs) Yeah, if you would have told me at you know when I was ten years old watching the World Series that one day Lenny Dykstra would be on my podcast uh, <laughs> insisting that he doesn't like when women put a finger up his butt, I w- it would have blown my mind. <laughs> so uh, he's kind of an all timer. Uh, Mike Leach was a really great guest. Um, that was cool. Yeah, and, and obviously Bill Burr. Bill Burr was a great guest. Um, guy you know, one of the best stand-ups around, so to have him on the show has been awesome as well. So those are a couple, three that jump out of me. Heading into the uh, NFL season, obviously, coming up this week, uh, any games you, you bet already? Anything you're going out there with to get down on? Yeah, well, uh, my lock definitely for week one, Tampa Bay Bucks at home, pick them. I love Bruce Arians, love betting Bruce Arians' team. I'm not a Jimmy G believer. Uh, that Florida Heat's going to be tough for the 49ers in those dark color uniforms. They're going to be sweating their ass off. And uh, I, I think 
I'm just high on the Bucks in general this season. You know, like I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl or anything, but I definitely like them over six and a half. So they've been kind of my sneaky team. I agree with that. I like that uh, that handicap there. I, I think that's going to be a great game to bet. Uh, you know, especially two less than the three. It's at pick. Uh, I think that's great analysis there, Sean. Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, another one that jumps out at me is the Denver Broncos. I love uh, Vic Fangio's defense going up against John Gruden and uh, and Carr. I think they're just going to be outmatched. So I, I think the Denver defense shows up. I love that game too. I actually, uh, I think I still have a ticket either one and a half for Denver, or maybe it was even two. And then now I think they're they're what one point favorites now. I think. Yeah, it's been dancing around a bit um, between like pick them, but yeah, if you got that early, you could have got like two and a half or two. So uh, yeah, definitely you definitely got the best of that number. Yeah, after watching Hard Knocks, and then I looked at Game One, I said I think I got to go with Denver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Sean, well, you mentioned that you're driving out to uh, Sin City for opening night of the NFL. This podcast will not air until Friday, but why don't you just tell the listeners what you guys got going on out there because it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, well, uh, if this is airing on Friday, I'm probably hungover as shit because uh, <laughs> we just did a live uh, listener event over at uh, Legacy Stadium uh, doing, like, a little pregame periscope and, um, yeah, just hanging hanging out watching the uh, Thursday night game between the, the uh, Packers and the Bears, so... Nice. That sounds like a lot of fun. I was at Legacy Stadium like years ago, one of my first Vegas trips, probably back in like 2000, maybe 10, 11. Is it still as good as it was? I mean, what's? Yeah, I think they. Uh, I think they've even remodeled a little bit because they. I don't know if they always did, but they actually have the betting window and like sportsbook aspect of it built into the restaurant now. Right. And uh, you know, stadium seating, screens are everywhere. It's really a great place to watch one big game. Again, like if you're watching a bunch, I would definitely, if you're doing like the 10 a.m. kick for NFL, I would go somewhere like uh, Westgate. But uh, Legazzi's is just, it's an awesome hang for a big game like that. Sean, do you, do you have anything you want to plug here before we let you go? Anything at all that's coming up for you? Um, no, nah, I mean, you know, I got some stand-up and, uh, you know, the podcast. But, yeah, just uh, give me a follow on Twitter at Sean T. Green and, uh, follow us on Twitter for the podcast at Gambling Podcast. Yeah, I mean, we got a ton of shit going on, uh, including our NFL picks contest. So, completely free. We're trying to give away five grand. And if you missed the Thursday night game, don't worry about it. You probably would have got it wrong. All right, guys. That was the conductor of the free content train, the one and only Sean <laughs> stacking that money green. You guys can follow him on Twitter at Sean T. Green. He's a comic host and creator of the Sports Gambling Podcast. You can follow them at Gambling Podcast. Sean, thanks for hopping on the pod. Have fun out in Vegas with the boys. And is Daniel Scones going to be there? Uh, hopefully we'll get a Scones appearance. He hasn't RSVP'd yet, but, uh, you know, I have a feeling we'll be doing some brunch with Scones at uh, the Westgate. Right on, dude. Hey, good to talk to you. Nice to finally meet you, and we hope to have you come back on the show again soon. Uh, for sure. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sean. All right, guys, this next segment is brought to you by our presenting sponsor of the Bridge of Pager podcast, 902 Brewing Company. 902 Brewing Company is located in Jersey City, New Jersey. And tonight I'm sipping on a Hop Flurry Milkshake IPA. 
This IPA was brewed with lactose, aged on vanilla, and double dry hopped with citra and El Dorado. It's coming in at 7.2% alcohol, and it tastes delicious. What are you sipping on, Brock? I'm sipping on a cold, single-hop Eldorado India Pale Ale, 7% alcohol. This IPA is brewed with two-row wheat, oats, a touch of crystal, and a rotating single-hop. The Wager Pager podcast is also brought to you by Kingpin.pro. Do you want to stop losing all your money at sports betting? Kingpin.pro has the top cappers on the planet. Our cappers compete with each other to prove who is the best. Our top capper has a 61% win rate with over 400 plus picks. He's up to $25,000. Stop following handicappers with no records. Follow the best college football, NFL, Major League Baseball cappers on www.kingpin.pro. Download the kingpin.pro iOS or Google Play app and use the promo code WAGER. That's promo code WAGER to get a special discount. All right, guys, and now for our interview with Spanky. All right, guys, we're super excited about this week's guest. We got live in studio, professional sports better, highly respected in the industry. He's been making a living betting sports since the early 2000s. You may know him from being featured in David Hill's A Requiem for a Sports Better article on Ringer.com. Here he is, the notorious Spanky. You guys can follow him on Twitter, at Spanky. What's up, brother? Welcome to the Wager Pager. Hey, it's great to be on a Wager Pager, guys. Thank you for having me. No problem. Anytime. I mean, it's it's uh, basically... Something we we were probably talking about a couple months ago to try to get you in and to have you here, especially too with football season about to kick off and stuff. We really appreciate you coming out. No here. problem, no problem, fellas. So I think the the first thing we want to try to 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 kind of talk about with you uh, about a lot of our guests that come on. These guys are all very stat oriented. They want to know the third string guy on the you know the the practice team. They get very into their numbers and statistics, and I've heard some interviews with you, and like you're not afraid to say it. There's some guys on teams that you can't even name some quarterbacks and stuff like that in the league, and I'm sure there's some people out there that are probably, you know, stop. What, what is he talking about? How does he bet games without, you know, really knowing? Can you kind of just go just a little bit into that, kind of how you're different than everybody else that we've kind of had on the show? Yeah, so what I do is I take a what I call a top-down approach to sports betting. I, uh, you know, you assume that the line is reflective of of all the stats, and you're trying to find something, uh, barred an injury or, or other things like that, uh, that is not reflected in the line. So you know, and and also we're line shopping. Um, so you know, I um, you know, t- to be a handicapper. Uh, you're going to have to, you know, build your models and you're going to have to make sure that the market has uh, the market uh, number is, is, is irreflective of those models, essentially, where you ha- you find the phenomenon that's not in those numbers. And you have to keep fine tuning that and you have to make sure that, you know, the market hasn't caught up with um, with your edge. Whereas um, and that's a lot of hard work and God bless the people that do so. However, somebody like me, um, I assume that the, the market is, is correct, and I'm looking for things that are not reflective in the market. So, that the, you know, some of the world's best handicappers are the ones that are the movers and shakers. When I see lines moving, I'm able to uh, uh, take advantage of that and always have the right number. Very cool. All right, let me ask you something, Spank, something we ask uh, most people that come on the show. How would you first get involved with sports betting? How would you get the bug? 
So believe it or not, um, you know, I used to run parlay cards right here in Hoboken uh, <laughs> uh, for a bookmaker. You know, I went to high school, uh, St. Peter's Prep in Jersey City, and I, I ran parlay cards. And um, I was always, you know, it was always nice money, you know, as, as, as a kid, as a high school kid. And um, and I was always fascinated with gambling. I was big into blackjack and card counting. And I would read so many books, a lot of different AP slot games and, and whatnot. And then, you know, I studied computer science and finance at Rutgers University. Um, and uh, I, I used those degrees. I worked at Deutsche Bank on Wall Street. And, and I used my degrees and I used what I learned in school. And I was able to, to build programs that were to be able to look for di discrepancies in different sports books lines. So um, if one sports book hang a minus five and another sports book hang a plus six and a half, I'd be able to lay the five at the first sports book, take the six and a half, and start playing middles. And I'd also scalp games um, where scalping is arbitrage betting or risk-free betting. So I'd keep doing that, building my bankroll. And then eventually I started making more money um, on the side betting sports than I was working at Deutsch. So uh, I decided in 2003 to take the plunge to go full-time and I haven't looked back since. So you, you mentioned how basically having so many outs is an amazing way to get ahead in sports gambling, obviously. And, you know, I think you even had a tweet about this recently saying that there's so many people that think they know sports betting and they don't even know this side of it that, you know, the number is pretty much everything. There's so many people out there that they want to tell you, you know, trends and they want to sell you picks on, you know, 5% plays and here's my paragraph handicap. I mean, that's just all an educated guess. I mean, they don't really look into the numbers. Now you get to a point where you've been doing this long enough and obviously it's working. Like, when did you kind of know that, hey, I'm a little bit smarter than what everything else that's out there? Yeah, I, you know, I just, I, 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 I'm, I don't want to say I'm smarter. I just, I, I know how to, I, I could tell smoke and mirrors and I could tell when, when, when you know, just to spot a bullshitter. Um, and a lot of these guys that are selling picks and um, that are that are talking about the stats and everything, this is these are all just talking points. And, and, and you know, while, while they're recommending you, you know, you lay seven on a game, the line just moved to seven and a half. And they're not, you know, if nobody could say, hey, I like this game. People say, I, I like the Louisville tonight, but they don't even quote a spread. So it's just one of those things in which everything is based on the number. Uh, the stats mean nothing, nothing, you know, and, and for me at least, for what I'm doing, where I'm just looking at lines and I'm looking at discrepancies in lines, I'm looking to find, to beat the closing number. I always say, if you're able to beat the closing number, you're going to make money at this. Um, and, and guys that sell picks, guys that are trying to say, buy my package, VIP package and super VIP and the presidential package and all the packages, you know, it's all bullshit um, because these guys, you know, I make my living extracting money from bookmakers. These guys make their living extracting money from fellow betters because they're not good enough to extract money from bookmakers. It's a fact. And they'll tell you otherwise and they'll say, nah, we're, we're the best. We just like to share our info because we're doing, the, we're doing it anyway. Um, the sports gambling market, unlike the equities market or, or, or the financial markets, it, it, it's not a big pie. There's not much to go around. You know, me personally, well, given my influence, probably for a thousand dollars, I I can create a ruckus just for a thousand dollar bet if I spread it around enough, which is insane. You know what I mean? A thousand dollars is nothing, but if you bet it into the right places, they respect you so much that you could cause a ruckus. You could manipulate markets. You could make people head. You know, so many head fakes out there. So there's just not enough to go around. You're not getting down. 
um, as much as you need to. So therefore, um, guys um, th- that, that don't know how to beat it have to resort to, to selling the bullshit. All right, guys, we are here live in studio with the one and only Spanky. You can follow him on Twitter, at Spanky. You mentioned uh, betting numbers rather than betting teams or, or players. Can you tell us where does the Las Vegas line originate, especially these days with legalization and all that? Where is it coming from? Las Vegas line uh, is, is Las Vegas, but I'm saying a sports line in general is, is going to originate in Costa Rica. Um, you know, the major uh, market maker now, the big, the sharpest sports book is, is Bet Chris. And everyone knows this, um, you know, a lot of guys in Vegas, there's a couple of joints in Vegas, like the win. And now I, I'm here in Circa hangs up their numbers first. And that's great. You know, I'm, you know, props to them for, for coming up first, but it's one of those things in which, you know, you have the kids playing in the, ba- in, in the schoolyard and they're saying, yeah, I'm the tough guy. I'm, I'm first, I'm the big boy. But then when Beck Chris hangs their number, everybody just scatters and they run away and they all go to the Chris number. That's just what happens. Um, unlike, you know, back in the day when the Stardust would hang their number, they would stick to their number even if somebody across the street or somebody down down the way or somebody offshore, it didn't matter. They would uh, have a different number, but they would stick to it because the number was bet into so by so many sharps, it was, it was uh, you know, it became a sharper number. You hang up your number early to be able to iron out the kinks for low limits so that the number then is reflective of, of as much of the true price as you want, and then you take that information and you book accordingly. Unfortunately, and I hope maybe I think one day, you know, the circle looks promising. One day they might just say, heck with it. We have enough sharps betting into our book. We're hanging up early. We don't care what Chris hangs because we have enough sharps that ironed out our number. So we're just going to stick to our number and feel confident about it. That's, you know, th- that's the, the hope one day. I saw one of your tweets recently saying how the opening line now is such a strong number. And it's very hard to beat, especially if it stays stagnant, like you were, you were mentioning, I think, on one of your tweets. Um, can you kind of go in a little bit more detail about that compared to, like you said, days where people that were hanging numbers, you know, were kind of just respecting who came through the door? Yes. So, you know, with technology and, and, and with, with everybody getting smarter and, and all the data out there, the guys that are making these numbers – um, they keep getting smarter and smarter. Markets, of course, you know, the markets are, are, are becoming a lot more efficient. So when I say the opening number is so much strong, the opening number, it's still beatable, but it's, it's, it's so much, you know, before you would have a, a line that would, that would move so, so hard off the opener. Now um, uh, it, it's a lot less, it's, 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 it doesn't move as much. Um, so the guys that are making these numbers, they just, they're so much more sophisticated and this is 2019. So, you know, sooner or later, the opening number is going to be very, very strong and there's the movement, you know, will, will, won't be as much, but there's going to be other sharper handicappers out there that are still going to try to find, it's like a, it's like a battle between the handicappers and the bookmakers to try to find out who hangs the best number or try to find out. Which, which number is the correct number? And, you know, a bookmaker would love to be able to have their opener, opening number and their closing number the same, never have to move because you're getting action, and it, it won't, but that never happens. But eventually one day, um, as, as time goes on, that opener will just continue to keep getting stronger, but then handicappers are going to keep fine-tuning their models. So it's just, a, you know, it's a cat-and-mouse game where we're trying to balance everything. We're trying to, everyone's trying to outsmart the other. You mentioned that you're a computer model handicapper. Um, it is 2019, and the technology is getting out of control. 
what's left for people who are just like pure handicappers, gut handicappers? Are they even have a chance to win in the long term at all? Well, I'm, I'm not a computer model handicapper. I'm a computer programmer. I'm not uh, a handicapper per se. I've designed models, but that's not my forte. My forte is is speed and execution. Um, to your question with respect to um to pencil and paper handicappers, um, you know, I, I think it's tough. I think in in, in this day and age. I don't know uh, too many people. I don't know anybody, honestly, that that is just you know with a pen and paper that are that is able to beat the game. Um, it used to be so much more uh, prevalent, but n- not in this day. You know, there's still guys that use some basic spreadsheets and stuff like that. But most of the guys that, that are making numbers um, have sophisticated models are using a lot of different data um, that some of it's free, some of it's not, you know, not very expensive data. And, and they're thinking of different ways to, that the bookmakers are not thinking of and that the market, other betters are not thinking of to, to maintain their edge. So now with legalization that we have in New Jersey and all these different apps and all these different things that are coming out, I mean, Chris and I see it all the time. You go to the sports book, there's always some loud dude there thinking that he knows what's going on and betting you know, way too much on a game he knows nothing about, and they don't know that there's this other side of you know, people getting down before they even know what the numbers are and stuff like that. Um, is it always pretty much a battle between just certain groups when the lines come out, or is this something that's more kind of like everybody has kind of their own books that they can kind of take a part first no so you know um historically you know again i've been doing it for about 20 years now so so what what used to happen is is an overnight number would hang um there used to be a lottery and this is before my time but there used to be a lottery at the stardust where you're able to 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 bang out some numbers and and you know you'd you'd be able to have to stand in line as a big line guys would actually pay homeless guys and bums to be able to have their place in line wow to be able to get down on some of these numbers it's great the stories (laughs) i hear are nuts that was that was before my time but but um, you know, now with with the numbers hanging up, you know, there used to be like kind of like an honor uh, amongst thieves, so to speak, where nobody would really bang out these numbers until the following. Like for college football, for instance, if a number would come out Sunday night, nobody really would pound the number um too hard. They wouldn't really mess things up until Monday morning when several sports books would copy that opener, and, and then every then it was you know pretty much uh, a free game from there. Um, but now, you know, because there's a couple, there's a lot, there's a lot of smart guys out there that don't have a bankroll, um, that are, you know, they're happy to get down 500 bucks or a dime or whatever it is. And, and, and they're saying, heck with this, I'm just going to bet this number and I don't, I'm going to just suck the value out of it. And it's a shame, you know what I mean? But they're going to do what they got to do. Um, but for guys like us where we would want, you know, we get down a lot more than just a nickel or a dime a game, we would wish that the numbers wouldn't be hit into as much. Um, on a Sunday night, we actually, in fact, um, are you know we'd like to bet the opposite way sometimes on a Sunday night to maintain that number right. if we feel as if we're going to go out the next day um, to be able to make sure that you know other sports books copy that that number and, and, and then and then of course for us to be able to blast um, on Monday morning you know and and the Monday morning thing you know it used to be like 11 a.m. that was the time 11 a.m. Eastern. Um, it's usually when Bet Grande opens up 11, 11 30, but then, you know, it's gotten earlier now. There's 10, there's nine, you know, there's everybody's just, it's just getting earlier and earlier and the pressure's on, you know what I mean? The, a lot of Vegas sports books, um, on a weekday, they're not going to be opening up until, uh, about 11 a.m. Eastern, um, 8 a.m. Pacific. So it, it's, it's just, it's getting, it, it's, it's, 
um, you, you kind of it's a fine line you're you're walking where you know you want to be able to get in on the right number, but you also want to be able to get down a lot. So the longer you wait, the more you're gonna get down, but you might not get the best number. The sooner you go, you're definitely gonna get best number, but you might not get down that much. So it's just you got to be able to fine tune it and balance it so that you kind of get the best of both worlds. Excellent, excellent. Very fascinating stuff. Um, let me ask you, switching gears a little bit here, has the repeal of PASPA and subsequent regulation of gambling here in New Jersey, your home state, our home state, changed your daily operations at all? Uh, no, that hasn't changed anyone. But, you know, we have, uh, I, you know, most of my betting is done offshore. Um, you know, there's, there's very, uh, there a few sports books um, in New Jersey that still take my action, surprisingly. And, um, and and that's it. You know, I mean, we, we um, having uh, regulated sports books in New Jersey really doesn't. It, it's just an extra couple of outs for us. Um, I play at FanDuel Resorts, Bet America, and and, and Points Bet, and, and that's it. Those are the four as of now. I don't know if that's going to continue or that might change. You know, give me a few weeks uh, for football, and I'm I'm almost positive th- those four will probably get down to three. Um, you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's uh, it, it's one of those things in which. It, it, you know, it's just an extra four outs. You know, I, I have thousands of accounts. So you know, I, I play into so many different accounts offshore that an extra four accounts doesn't change me in any way. And it's not like the limits are astronomical at these places. You know, uh, FanDuel gives us a decent pop. Uh, Resorts gives us a good pop. Bet America. Um, points bet, not, you know, on NFL, they're giving us uh, an okay. But on college football, it's really nothing to write home about. So, every, you know, it, it all depends. Um, but, no, this whole PAPSA thing, it, it really um, – doesn't really affect us. Uh, just to kind of follow up on that with New Jersey books, um, I know, like you said, they won't even take a lot of your action and stuff like that. Um, I think you, you even address this sometimes, bookmaker, dressmaker type thing. If somebody did go in there, let's say somewhat sharp, you know, throws down maybe five dimes on a game if they take it, you know, just somebody off the street. I think you kind of mentioned this sometimes. Would they even move a line at FanDuel? Would it be anything significant that they would even try to change it, or are they still sticking to whatever they follow, you know, protocol with other books that they copy or something like that? Um, well, there's certain sports books that, that, you know, they don't move on action. They're just using a market consensus line. Right. So, you know, they could write 50000 on a game, and um, and they won't. the line will stay the same. Right. Um, so they're not they're not charting and, and you know a, a Vegas bookmaker that nothing like that would ever happen in Vegas where you know they uh, they're gonna chart and you know barring you know if it's a pit player if it's just somebody that's just coming in and they know the action's not sharp they're probably not gonna move the line anyway but you're still gonna you know you still want to look at your chart you know there's believe it or not I don't want to call out names but there's certain sports books in New Jersey that can't even see their chart. Um, and, um, and, and they don't even know how much they have on a game. Like when I heard this, you know, when the guy told me this, I was like, what kind are you? That's insane. Right. You can, how are you going to book if you don't know what you have? So again, and, and it's the software, these European softwares where they're, 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 you know, the line, they think just the line is the line. It's, It's taking the art out of bookmaking. Uh, a bookmaker would love to be able to move a line, take the information, and the best bookmakers would take the information. You book towards the sharps, whatever the squares bet, you just stick in your pocket. You don't really need, even need to move off the squares, but the sharp betters, you kind of you know how to pit them against each other, and, and and that's the art of bookmaking. The best bookmakers in the world, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've spent time in in, in, in Costa Rica. 
I, I I've seen it and I, and I've seen what these guys can do and it's it's unbelievable with enough business and with enough sharp business um you could beat the sharps you can find a way you know to, to pit one against the other and and even if you don't your line will become sharper and you'll still be able you know the minus 110 that juice that vig is a hefty price you know what I mean it's not it's 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 a beautiful thing as a bookmaker you, you know you, you got to embrace that and um, unfortunately, if these guys are just using a consensus line, they're not moving on action, um, they have no shot. Do you think New Jersey will ever catch up with any of that? Do you think they'll ever respect you know, somebody that, that will bring sharp money and move a line, kind of like you said in Vegas, where it still kind of exists? Yeah, you know, I, I, um, 100%. I definitely think that. Um, I think, you know, it, it, the one thing is, is that I still have yet in New Jersey, if you look at all the sports book in New Jersey, um, there hasn't been uh, an American bookmaker really to come onto the scene. Um, you know, if you look at every sports book here, nobody's really uh, from the U.S. or that that came up in Vegas or that came up offshore is actually moving the numbers. Everything is either from Europe or from one. And I'm not trying to take away anything. There's a lot of sharp Europe guys um, th that I know in the business. But it's just it's 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 a different game. It's a different clientele. It's a different way, uh, a different way to manage a business, um, as in my opinion, at least, uh, you know, booking to U.S. customers. So why do you think all these American books are operating under this European model and kicking out winners? Well, you know, it's um, it's a great question. I I, I think that there was no software really, or there was nobody ready. You know, Europe came in and they said, "Listen, we have this already built, and everything is ready to go. We've been doing this." for decades on end um and then these american uh, american license you know, guys that are trying to get licenses and, and they're granting licenses in all these states and all these in, in, in these jurisdictions are saying okay well it seems if you guys have been doing this for so long well uh you guys must know what you're doing you know and then they just say okay come on in you know what i mean like i, I remember when the golden nugget atlantic city you know i only lasted there a day but i remember the the sports book guy told me there he goes i had a whole sheet and they were they were giving me um um, a whole rules on on rugby and on cricket and on 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 Irish curling, and 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 he, he, he there, there, I have a whole rule book on this stuff, and I'm and he was like I don't need this crap, I, you know what I mean? All we need is just football, basketball, baseball, hockey. You know what I mean? That's it. It's uh, more or less. Um, but again, they, they don't understand the, um, uh, the U.S. customer base. It's like it's 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 um it's crazy how how. You know, it's like a it's like a European invasion, and it's not the good kind like the Beatles came. <laughs> well, that was good, like the British invasion. It's just it's just terrible, and um, you know, it's sad. I hope you know that somebody um, local, you know, from comes up in the business and and and, and takes it to a different level. Yeah, it's downright un-American. <laughs> <laughs> so now, uh, you know, obviously football season's here. Uh, pretty much every American loves betting on football, or the people that do, you know, like betting on sports. Um, but realistically, you know, we're talking to a, an audience out here in New Jersey with a lot of beginners, a lot of people that don't really know how to get into sports gambling. Can you kind of explain how it's so hard to beat the NFL and, and what makes it so difficult to beat? Because it, it is the hardest sport, they say, right? Yeah. So, so you know, the, I, worldwide, the hardest sport to beat is, is probably the English Premier League. It's probably the most efficient line out there. And then right after that is going to probably be the NFL. The NFL is one of those things in which the information is just everything is out there. Um, it's such an efficient market. If you have a player that sneezes wrong, everybody's going to know about it. 
Um, whereas, you know, in college football, you can have a guy walking around with a limp and we're not going to know about it maybe for a few hours or a few days even. You know what I mean? So it's just different. The, the, the efficiency of the NFL, because of how much money's behind it, everybody knows what's up. And, and it's a tough, tough thing to beat. For us, if we break even on the NFL, we consider it a win. Um, I only, you know, if I had my choice, I wouldn't bet the NFL. We do it just as a courtesy to to bookmakers and also for our accounts to be able to last. My personal edge is college football, college basketball. So I, I, I bet the NFL just so, you know, it, it's it's pretty much if you have a, a, an account and if you don't put NFL work in there, um, it's a lot easier to lose the account. You're not going to last as long because no American uh, sports better uh, avoids betting the NFL. You have to bet the NFL. So we try to put in a few courtesy plays in there, um, and not that it could disguise the work, you know what I mean, but it's still good to, you know, hey, listen, look, this guy's betting the NFL. That's always a good sign. Whereas, you see, you know, there's guys that are, you know, betting, um, you know, uh, uh, minor league baseball or Mexican baseball. You know, they bet these crazy things, and that's all they put in, or they just bet props. And guys that are doing that, sharp guys in the business – but they don't think long term. They're not thinking, you know, maybe I want this account to last longer. Maybe I want to be able to extract, you know, I'd rather extract a dime a week for the next year than extract five dimes week one and get kicked out. Stuff like that. So, we, you know, we kind of try to finesse accounts and to try to be able to last as much as possible. Very interesting stuff. Uh, Spanky on the, the art of the head fake here at the Wager Pager podcast. You guys can follow Spanky at Spanky on Twitter. Let me ask you, you mentioned that you're mostly a quantitative handicapper, but I know you have a big team of guys working under you. Do you, do you employ guys that actually do qualitative analysis? Like, are, are there guys on your teams that do know the players and do know the stats, or it's just you guys are all strictly... No, yeah, yeah, you know, there's, you know, you have to know the players and you have to know, you know, so we have a guy that's always there that knows what each player is worth and, you know, bar, if there's an injury. And we kind of like have a grading system because when, when we find an injury, when, you know, obviously if you hear like a LeBron or something, everybody knows that. But then there's other like mid-level players. How many points is this guy worth? Is this guy worth a half a point, a quarter a point, two points, whatever it is? And then you kind of know exactly how you're going to be, re how you're going to react and you want to know exactly what his backup is so if he's worth a, you know it's always according to what the backup is so um we definitely have that um but again it's just just for injury purposes if a player's in or out more or less everything is numbers you know once again you know, we're not really into the live you know that kind of came after i was coming up in the business so we're not really doing too much live betting or in play betting, as they say, but you know, so once once the game kicks off, we're you know we're on to the next game. We're not watching TV. We're not watching games. There's no cheering in my office. There's none of that shit. You know I mean, all we're doing is looking at lines moving and to try to find the best of the number. That's it. People think, oh man, you bet sports for a living. It must be so exciting. You know, I don't. Want, it's not that exciting. You know, what I mean, we're just looking at lines all day. You're just like any trading office. You're just looking at numbers. It's pretty cool to be able to get the best of a number. There's a rush there. You know, when you lay five on a game and the line's eight, that shit feels good. I'm not going to lie. But watching games, I haven't watched a, a full game of anything I, I probably in, I don't know, man, maybe a decade. I don't even remember. You know what I mean? I don't watch, if I'm at a party or something, I'll watch, uh, or at a bar, I'll watch a little piece here, a little piece there. But to sit through one whole game from start to finish, I just, you know what I mean? I got four kids. I got no time for that. I, 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 I'd rather spend my time doing other things. Very cool. So uh, you mentioned you guys don't do much live betting right now. Do you foresee yourself maybe getting into that in the future? 
Yeah, you know, it's 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 there's a lot of there's a lot of inefficiencies in a lot of markets. You know, we we've noticed that. So when we do have time, it's just that our plates are so full now, and we're betting the you know before the game starts, we're betting so much that kind of like when the kickoffs happen, you know, like on 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 a college Saturday, you know, you have your noons, your one o'clock, your two o'clock, your three thirties, then you go to your four o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock. You know, by the time those ten o'clock kick off, your mind is just ah, you know, let me get get me out of here. I just can't, you know what I mean? There's just, you know, I've been looking at numbers all day, and now with live, it's one of those things which you kind of got to watch the game. You really don't want to bet into a live market while while the game is still on TV. You kind of want to wait for timeouts or commercial breaks because a lot of these places, what they'll do is they'll put you on these significant delays, and, and they'll, they'll deny it, but it's obvious, you know, that they're free rolling on you where – if you try to bet a game, you try to bet a team live, and if while the game is happening, if, if the next play favors your team, um, that bet that bet's going to get rejected. But if it winds up being like an incomplete pass, and you're betting the offense, then um, they're just going to you know say, all right, no problem, you got the bet. So it's one of those things in which you can't give them that edge on you. Whereas in pregame, um, when you're betting games non-live, um, there is no delay, you know, or, or anything like that. So you kind of they can't kind of free roll on you, and even if there is a delay it's not like the game is going on something's changing so live is a very very sticky thing if anybody's doing that out there i'd strongly recommending to only do it during uh, commercial breaks or, or or during significant pauses in the game to avoid um the sports but getting the best of you just to add kind of a little bit, Chris, to your question, I thought it was pretty funny, too. You said uh, Captain Jack uh, texted you and said Andrew Luck retired, and you're like, uh, don't really know who that is. <laughs> I yeah. thought that was great. Yeah, I, I, you know what I mean? And people would call me out and say, yeah, bullshit, bullshit. I, I really didn't know. I, I, You know what I mean? I don't – I'm so – far removed i'm not really trading as much as i used to um my guys kind of do that so i'm not i don't keep up with it like you know what i mean it might sound crazy but i don't i don't follow sports um you know i play basketball here and there but i don't i don't follow sports at all i'm uh i'm just you know it's just not my thing and i used to i used to love sports i used to love you know i, I'm, I was a big yankee fan growing up but, you know, when you're in this business for so long and when you bet so many teams and, and where you just you, you lose an emotional connect where you just all you care about is just making money. I don't I, nothing else matters. I just want to be able to provide for my family, make enough money to, 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 to go on to the next game and to the next season. And that's it. You know, just watching the stuff. I'm so engulfed in it already that it's just not as exciting to me. I think that's definitely, like you said, one of the most uh, biggest traits you can have as a sports better. You got to kind of disconnect from from that type of stuff and look at the game in a different aspect. Um, what do you think are like some traits you tell somebody starting off that you got to have? You got to learn to to lose sometimes. You got to learn to to beat the numbers sometimes and still lose. Uh, you know, kind of not go over your head with trying to win back the money. Like, kind of just explain a little bit to for what a, a rookie better should kind of start modeling himself after. Holy man, <laughs> that's like a that's a whole podcast by itself, fellas. I, I don't. All right, guys, we're gonna have to stop it there for this week. We've got plenty more with Spanky to come on next week's episode. All right, guys, it's college football week two, NFL week one. Finally, I just want to reiterate what an awesome interview that was with Spanky. We talked for almost an hour. We got the second half of that interview coming out next week. Look for that. Week one NFL, Brock. We're here. We made it. Finally. We're finally here. Everybody starts off with a clean slate. 
zero and zero. It's week one. We've got a lot of storylines, Chris, in a lot of these games. Uh, I, I don't think we have enough time to break them all down, but I know that we do have some games that we agreed on, and we had some games that uh, you know we definitely want to talk about. That's for sure. Uh, I know you want to probably start though off with the uh, the college side first, since that's kind of uh, what you like to delve into this time of the year. Yeah, baby. Uh, let's start off with that college knowledge. A um, couple games I'm looking at here. The first one is Saturday. September 7th, 12 p.m. I'm going to go with a team that I went against last week. I saw Purdue on Friday night at FanDuel Sportsbook. Yeah, they had a bad second half, and Nevada came back and beat them. But Purdue looks like a solid team. I really love QB Elijah Sindeller. He threw for a career-high 423 yards last week with four touchdowns at Nevada. The line on this game right now is sitting at 7. I'm going to lay the seven with Purdue. This line opened at nine and a half, ten in, at some shops. So we're, we're, it's coming in our favor, almost three points, a full field goal right now. This dude, Sindeller, had 122.5 QB rating in 20 games in, in his career at Purdue. Wide receiver Rondell Moore is a stunner. This kid can fly. And I look at this just as a bounce back spot. After a tough loss, week one, coming out 0-1, these guys need to put a win on the board. And I think they can definitely cover the seven. They're going to win by at least ten. Coach Jeff Brom has been talking all week about rotating in his linebackers and defensive linemen to stay a little more fresh. He thought they got a little tired last week, and that's maybe why Nevada, you know, caught up. Gimme Purdue, the Boilermakers, minus seven. All right, Chris, we'll keep our eye on that game. And uh, I actually got a nice tip today that uh, somebody sent to me uh, who really likes a game. If you want to go to game number 371, 372, uh, that's going to be Tulane taking on Auburn. Uh, I took the plus 18 with Tulane. Uh, I see it almost going now to 17 in some places. Um, it looks like there, there are some shops still with 17 and a half out there um, with juice on the, uh, the Tulane side. Um, it seems like a lot of people are, you know, public betters taking the Auburn side um, on that, on that uh, front. But I think right now the money looks like it's going the other way and uh, you're getting double digits. You could be cashing some tickets come Saturday. Yeah, it could be a little bit of a letdown spot there for Auburn after a big win last week, big home win versus Oregon. I like that. I like that. I might have to tell you there. My second game I'm looking at here in the college football slate, first official full college football slate of the weekend because week zero, they kind of spread that shit out over the week. I'm taking the Aztecs of San Diego State. This is a 4.15 p.m. Eastern time kick on Saturday afternoon. San Diego State plus seven and a half, playing in the Rose Bowl versus UCLA minus seven and a half. This game opened at seven, so we're already getting an extra half point on our side. SDSU comes in riding high after a six nothing win last week versus lowly Weber State, but the defense looked great. The offense has another week to get their shit together, and UCLA lost twenty four to fourteen to Cincy last week, and they did not look great at all. UCLA's quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson, bad week to be named Dorian, by the way. Looked like caca, and for the non-Spanish speakers, that means shit. He was 8 for 26 for only 156 yards. UCLA has bad offensive line play to boot. They had seven hurries last week on the QB, two sacks. Give me the San Diego State Aztecs plus 7.5. I wouldn't mind seeing that at all, Chris. I do have a uh, futures win ticket there. Uh, season wins over for San Diego. Um, so that 6 nothing one was... Uh, was good to be on last week, and hopefully we can get 2-0 uh, to make that future ticket look a little bit better for uh, regular season wins. 
Um, I'm going to go with one more game that uh, some people were on earlier in the week. Um, Appalachian State laying 21. Um, it's kind of a crazy game, and I don't really like laying uh, you know, anything over two touchdowns ever, really. Um, but we're getting to the point now where this thing's all the way up to almost 22 and a half. Uh, I think you, you can't go wrong there. It just seems like this might be a, a tremendous mismatch in one of those games that you might have to just sit back in the chair and you'll cash it maybe by the second quarter. I don't know. Love it. Love it, Brock. Tremendous info, as usual, on the Wager Pager podcast from Brock Landers. You can follow him at BrockLanders41 on Twitter. Before we uh, wrap up this college segment, I got one more pick here for you guys. Uh, something I'm looking at. This may be a bad habit of mine, but I really like to bet these big-time, prime-time games. I know a lot of people say stay away from them, but I just can't freaking resist. This is the first top 10 matchup of the season. Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, we have Texas Longhorns at home getting 6.5 versus the LSU Tigers. Now, this line opened at 4.5 okay, earlier this week, so we're getting two full points in our favor right now coming our way. Maybe we can hold on and try to catch a 7. It might tick up. Maybe not. It is a key number. They might be trying to back off of it. But the question is, Brock, is Texas really back? We're about to find out. QB Sam Ellinger looked great last week versus Louisiana Tech in a four-touchdown performance. Like I've mentioned on the pod before, Tom Herman, coach, is in his third year, and I love third-year coaches. Just the system's finally in. Some of the players that you recruited are actually playing. It's, just a, it's a good look all around. Yes, LSU QB Joe Burrow lit it up last week. Liddy like a titty. Looked unstoppable in the season opener. There's even some Heisman talk being uh, bounced around. But now this is a big road test in week two. And Sam Ellinger plays better at home. Seven and three in home starts. 19 touchdowns and four picks in his Texas career. Give me the Texas Longhorns plus six and a half. Try to wait out and get the seven. Good stuff, Chris. Good stuff there. I'm going to switch gears now. That's all the college stuff I've got for you. As you know, I can't, I can't name you. I'm almost like, uh, like Spanky said earlier. I, I can't name you any college f- football guys, but you know, looking at numbers and when people uh, sometimes send me stuff, I'm, f- I'm here to share it with you. So hopefully somebody's cashing somewhere along the way. Um, so, yeah, we'll go now to NFL Week 1. Here's a game that's interesting to me. It's, it's ugly. Uh, but sometimes in the NFL, if you want to make some money, you're going to have to take some teams that you really don't want to take, and you'll probably drive yourself crazy if you watch the game on a Sunday. But I'm going to go down to Miami here. Um, I'm going to take the Miami plus seven that I'm seeing right now. Um, this line really got out of whack from where it was uh, when it opened. Opened up uh, you know, months ago here at minus three and a half, Baltimore laying it on the road. Got all the way up to seven. There's clearly no value in taking Baltimore at this point. You went up from three and a half to a full seven, which is key in the NFL. You're also getting them laying this on the road. It is week one. You've got a Miami team that's going to be playing and usually some pretty hot conditions down there, especially for September. It's just so easy on paper to say the Ravens are going to win. And when you think like that in the NFL, you're going to hit hard. You're going to get into to points in the season where – you're going to take favorite after favorite, and you're going to get your teeth kicked in. And you can't look away from when you're getting so much value, especially in a game like this where people are just pounding, the public is pounding the Ravens over and over again. They're a playoff team. They're playing one of the worst teams projected. 
anything can happen in this game. It is going to be the first game for the new head coach of Miami, Brian Flores, former defensive coordinator for the Patriots. I always look to back home teams with rookie head coaches. The team's going to get up for that game. They're going to play for the new head coach. Um, I think it's a home run spot. Uh, I'm not saying they can't lose the game maybe by two touchdowns, but I think it would be uh, a game where maybe the Ravens have their hands full going into the fourth quarter. Love it, love it, love it, Brock. Maybe a little recency bias coming into play, too, with the Baltimore Ravens having such a successful season last year, going deep into the playoffs and people opening up that uh, week one slate and just automatically betting the Ravens because traditionally they think the Dolphins suck, right? That's what it is. You hit it right on the head. Public perception. The Ravens haven't lost a preseason game in, what, four years? Um, they're going to think that this is just another dress rehearsal game, and they're going to be in, I think, for a fight come, uh, come Sunday. Do me a favor. Why don't you touch on the fact that these games have being week one – and week one being such a unique situation, these games being pounded and pounded for months. We basically had four months to handicap these games, and then within you know, three days, we're going to be flipping to the five-day handicap cycle. Right. Why don't you try can explain to the audience a little bit uh, about what that means, how, how much harder these week one lines are to bet, and, and moving forward into week two, how you're going to change up the yes. strategy. So a lot of people think that these uh, these lines just came out recently. That's the furthest thing from it. Um, you know, there's books out there that put out uh, every game of every week of the NFL calendar ahead of time. So you could find this stuff um, online anywhere pretty much. You could look at the look-ahead lines for all these games. And then pretty much they adjust as the year goes on. You know, obviously there's some things you can't take into account. Like I'm sure you'll see a lot of look-ahead lines with the Colts being favored for a lot of games and stuff like that. And now with Andrew Luck out, you'll see that those lines are way off and way different. Um, but, yeah, as Chris mentioned, these lines have been out there for a while um, some of these things aren't going to probably move too much more from where they already are. Uh, you might see some money show up in the next day or two. Uh, maybe by kickoff you might see some games switch a little bit. Um, but for the most part, um, you're kind of at where the numbers are at for now, uh, You know, barring anything major that happens over the next four days. With that said, um, I, I traditionally like to kind of play it easy on week one, not, not get too crazy, but... I tell you what, man, there's there's so many underdogs on the board that I like. That's a good thing. The Packers, the Dolphins, like you mentioned. I'm even like leaning Bills. I like Jacksonville at home. Oh, I love Jacksonville. Uh, I would even lean Tennessee plus five and a half versus Cleveland, America's darling. Yeah, that's an interesting game. It's a lot of hype. It's the first game. Uh, people are expecting them to blow the doors off the Titans. Uh I don't think that you could really say anything yet about Cleveland until we see them. I would definitely give them a game to, to kind of see what they're all about. Um, it is a great week for dogs. I mean, usually September is one of my favorite months to bet NFL, especially week two, because week two is overreaction week. Everybody, and especially if you're listening to this for the first time, betting maybe in New Jersey or something like that, the public loves betting what they just saw. So if you see one of these teams steamroll another team, get ready for them to start pounding that team the next week because um, it's it's what they saw last. It's what they saw, you know, most recent thing. All right, uh, and just perfect segue here into my first official pick. And what did people see recently? They saw the Rams lose in the Super Bowl. And I like to go uh, with a trend that uh, the losing team in the Super Bowl to have a little bit of a hangover the next year, whether it 
be they don't make the playoffs or whether they just get off to a slow start. That is why I'm going to be fading the LA Rams in week one. I'm going to be taking the Carolina Panthers plus two and a half. This line did open at three, so now I'm, I'm losing some value here, but I still think I still think it's a, a good game to play. I think Panthers actually might win this. I think sprinkle a little bit on the money line there. Camp uh, Reports coming out, Cam Newton is healthy. He will be playing week one, and I think that him and Christian McCaffrey are set to just blow the fuck up this season. And I think it all starts week one, Sunday, 1 p.m., Carolina Panthers plus two and a half. Sprinkle that money line. And don't forget, too, uh, Jared Goff just got a contract extension. He might be... Uh you know, sleepwalking through this game a little bit. Who knows? Uh, I, I do love that angle also of playing the Super Bowl loser, uh, fading it pretty much, uh, especially after that Super Bowl. It was a snooze fest for them, and Bill Belichick really figured out a game plan for uh, Jared Goff that I'm sure some coaches are going to definitely be uh, trying to use in their repertoire. Uh, but, yeah, Chris, you brought up an excellent point. Uh, maybe some, some viewers who don't know, the numbers in the NFL, but three and seven are so big, and to see that number come off of three is huge. Uh, that means that there's sharp guys out there taking that three on Carolina, and when there's that much money to come off of three, that usually means it's the right side. Um, so if you could find any Carolina plus three, or uh, I'll even give you another quick lesson here. NFL, always good to tease. Two-team teasers, stick to two teams. Don't do anything usually more than that. Um, you're going to get some really good value because now you're going to push that two or two and a half that you had, add six to it, um, and team it up with something else. Always good to go through three and seven. And, uh, I mean, that's that's a sure way to, to make some money in the NFL is definitely do a couple two-team teasers on Sunday uh, going through the, those threes and sevens. Teasers and pleasers, baby. What's uh? What are you looking at next here? You got any other NFL games that you might be leaning towards? Ready kind of went over that Denver game. Uh, that line moved uh, significantly in my favor, which is good. I think you could also find some value in the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I think this is a team where the public perception is Andrew Luck retired. This team's not going to win more than three games. They're terrible. The locker room has quit, blah, 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 blah. The Colts gave Jacoby Brissett an extension, which I think is huge in this this scenario. They've got a lot of guys returning from last year. The offensive line is still very good, and the AFC South is still a very winnable division. By no means did this Indianapolis Colts team lay over and die, in my opinion. I think they're going to show up for this game. Uh, Los Angeles also doesn't have that great of a home field. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, Anthony Lynn. And they're also going to be without some guys. Melvin Gordon, he's still holding out. Last time I checked, as of this show, uh, and you know they've got some other guys banged up there that won't be there for the game. Um, so I, I think I think Indy's going to surprise some people. Maybe throw them in a teaser. You can probably get them up over ten on the road. Uh, might be a good look. Love it, love it, love it. I do have Indy Colts right here on my notepad. I agree with you. I uh, love when we're on the same side of a game. Um, I totally agree. Fade the uh, Andrew Luck stuff. This is a total overreaction. This game opened at three before he retired, and now it's going up to six and a half, seven at some places. And same thing, Chris, just to go back into that key, not to cut you off, but once Luck retired, three and a half to seven, wise guys took the seven. Now it's down off of the seven to six and a half, another indicator that Colts is getting some, some real good money. Right on, right on. I like what I'm hearing here from my man, Brock Landers. You can follow him at BrockLanders41, and you can follow me at WagerPagerChris on Twitter. Before we end this pick segment, I do have one last play, 
and I'm sure you might have another one yourself. You might call me a homer, but I love the Giants, plus seven, okay? This game played week one, traditionally, every year, always sits on three. It's always three. Every time the Giants and Cowboys plays, it's always three. Now, all of a sudden, it's seven. I feel like that's a little bit of an overreaction here. People think because the Cowboys had a very successful season last year and the Giants seem to have an unsuccessful one when, in actuality, in the second half of last season, they were like one of the top four highest scoring teams in the whole league. So the offense was, was getting it together by the end of the year. And I don't think the Giants are going to be as bad as people think. I'll go on record and throw it out there. I, I think they're going to be at least 8-8. Eight and eight. Who knows? Maybe 9-7, 7-9, nine, one way or the other. But I love the Giants, plus seven, on the road. They have a young, excited team. Everyone's ready to play. The second year under Pat Shermer, these guys just look charged up. Unfortunately, we're not going to see Daniel Jones unless Eli gets hurt in the first half, which I wouldn't be mad at. But let's go. Giants, plus seven, Sunday, 425 p.m. kick. I could totally see that. Uh, Eli, I think, too, uh, historically plays pretty well down there in the new stadium. He does. Uh, which is probably not even that new now. I'm sure it's probably like 10 years old already. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. The NFC East is such a dogfight every year. You usually get one or two of those upsets uh, somewhere along the way when they're on the road. Um, and also, too, we don't know about Zeke. This guy's been, what, where was he, in Cabo for a while and, you know, trying to get the, the contract negotiations settled and all that stuff. Is he in game shape? It's a lot yeah. different training than being in game shape. Um, so th- that's definitely a good game to, to look out for and maybe take a look at. Um, but that pretty much does it for me. I mean, I'm a big underdog guy, especially in these early weeks. You're going to get uh, a lot of value on some of these teams because a lot of people don't want to touch them. And a lot of people, again, bet what they see last. They're going to want to bet those playoff teams that went the year before. Or, uh, you know, they're going to look at, at different scenarios with, with guys on their fantasy teams that they're going to want to play and stuff like that. But that just about wraps it up for this episode of the Wager Pager podcast. I'm Brock Landers. Please go take a follow on Twitter at BrockLanders41. Chris? All right, guys. It's NFL Week 1. We've been waiting for this all offseason. Don't get too crazy with the bets. Preserve some of that bankroll for the rest of the season. Load up those apps. Order some wings. Bet some games. Get pumped. Get psyched. It's the Wager Pager podcast. All right, guys, that's it for Season 2, Episode 3. And as always, good luck, happy handicapping, and may the gambling gods look gracefully down upon you. Here we go. Thanks for listening, guys. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Don't forget to leave us a review. And please tell all your friends about the Wager Pager podcast. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wager Pager. Also, if you or a loved one has a gambling addiction, don't be scared to seek help. You can contact the National Council on Problem Gambling at 1-800-522-4700. They're open 24 hours a day, and all calls and text messages are confidential. The Wager Pager podcast is co-hosted by Chris Rogers and Brock Landers, executive produced by Van Vorst Films, edited by Van Vorst Films, co-produced by Chris Rogers and Brock Landers, created by Chris Rogers and Mercedes Barba. Music by The Morose Project, produced and written at San Francisco Music Studios. Logo designed by John Carbonella. All picks are for entertainment purposes only. These plays are not financial advice.